Well, good morning, Browncroft. Uh, what a beautiful way to start a service with the, the Word of God. I love His Word. Um, can we just take a moment to give it up for the worship team? And worship was so beautiful this morning. I also want to take a moment to thank Rob uh, for continuing to invite me back. I always say you guys are my extended family, um, so it feels so good to just be at my second home here at Browncroft. Uh, it feels like forever since the last time I was here, like Rob said, over a year ago. So I do want to kind of give you guys, before I dive into my, my message, I want to give you kind of a, a three-minute recap of my life in the past year. So first, I did have a baby, um, Riley Jade Cross. Yeah, isn't she beautiful? <laughs> um, she is also my heaviest baby, coming in at a whopping six pounds. Um, so I was pretty miserable. You would have thought I had a 12-pound baby in me, but she came out at six pounds. Um, and then here is the beautiful family now. Um, we are done. Um, and so here is the beautiful family. That is Jordan, our oldest, Harper, Madison, Riley, and my husband and I. So I am so blessed to be um, leading this beautiful family alongside Melvin. Uh, right before Riley came to Hub 585, we purchased a home that would be the home for six girls aging out of the foster care system. So we purchased a home, and then I left to have a baby. Um, and then I've been back at work now for about three months, and life has really been, it's been hard. It's been hard growing a family. I have three, five and under, um, and then growing a rapidly growing nonprofit um, and so if you're not familiar with the work of the Hub 585, we are a relationship-centered community uh, for system-involved youth and their families, where we really are focused on bringing youth and families from systemic trauma to a place of power and belonging. And so we partnered with Browncroft over a year ago with the CARE portal that now has over 20 churches and 500 active community members. And if you are part of the CARE portal, your phone is going off all throughout the, diff all throughout the week um, with different needs from children and families who are in contact with this uh, CPS, Child Protective Services. And so Kim Igo is our people, talent, and culture coordinator. She will be out in the lobby after service if you are interested in learning more about how you can join the CARE portal or even just join any of our programs. We have about eight different programs at the Hub, and one of them is a life launch mentoring program for kids in foster care. So you might say, hey, I'm not, I'm not the one to just go and drop off diapers or drop off beds. I really wanna get in the mess with families. Life launch is for you. That is the relationship-centered uh, mentoring program. All right, so now that we have gotten that out of the way, um, I wanna move into our topic today, which I actually think is hilarious to me. Um, if I'm being very honest. Today is one of those days that I am preaching something that I am still learning to practice. I know they always say practice what you preach. I'm still trying to practice this daily. I have not mastered it. Um, I actually fail at it a lot more than I would like, and preaching this topic for me actually feels a little bit hypocritical if I'm being honest. Um, but one thing that I love about being in the kingdom of God is that you, you usually give what you need. So if you need more grace, you give grace. If you need more mercy, you give mercy. If you are experiencing a season of lack, you exercise generosity. 
And so I'm not being a hypocrite today. I'm actually giving you guys, through the word of God, what I am hoping that he gives me, what I know that he will give me. So let's turn to scripture. Um, let's, we're going to be coming out of Psalm chapter 23, verses 2 and 3. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So exploring Psalm 23, we know that in this psalm, it is a psalm of, of comfort written by King David. David is describing God as the good shepherd and us as his sheep. And we see that under the leading and the care of God, the shepherd, we, his sheep, have everything that we need. So today we're going to walk through the text sentence by sentence to gain an understanding of green pastures, the still waters, and the path of righteousness. So let's dive in. So he makes me to lie in green pastures. So I am inherently a very fast paced, always moving, mildly anxious person. My baseline is not that of inherently a calm or even a restful person. I have to work to enter into a place of rest. And that's what we're talking about today is, is rest. But we're talking about working to enter and stay into a place of rest. But unlike me, God's baseline is rest. He is a God of rest. We see this in creation. He sets a precedence for us when he works and he does the most creative miracle we've ever seen, which is the miracle of creation. And then what does he do after he does that miracle? He rests. And so he's setting a precedence for after you work, you rest. Actually, if we think about it, God doesn't just rest. Rest actually belongs to God. He is the only one who can give it to us. Now, this is a really hard truth for me to ground myself in because sometimes I confuse temporary pleasure for God's rest. I confuse temporary pleasure for God's rest. After I had Riley, I felt really shocked. I felt like I would never rest again. I remember when we brought her home. And I was so mad at all the women in my life because I'm like, why didn't anybody warn me? Like that going from two to three is a different ball game. Like going from one to two, all right, a little challenging, but going from two to three, it's, it, you're, you go from one-on-one -on -one to zone defense. <laughs> and so I remember waking up and all three girls were crying at once. And I looked at my husband and I said, what did we just do? I said, Mel, I don't know if I can do this. And when I said that, I really meant it. I really meant like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. Am I ever going to rest again? And on top of that, a job and pastoring, it all sometimes feels extremely overwhelming. So what did I do? I did the classic Ashley move. I worked to create rest. This is where, this is why the, the scripture always tells us he makes me. He makes me to lie down. The reason it says that is because God knows that rest does not come easy for us. He makes me to lie down. Rest actually means, it means to stop working, to stop striving. 
It doesn't mean to halt all productivity, but it means to stop striving for something that God has already given you. And many of us, we strive to try to be righteous, and God is saying, you don't have to do that. Just rest in who I am. Just rest in my being. So when we spend time working for God instead of being with God, we miss out on experiencing a loving union with God. A loving union is allowing God to have full access to our life. It is actually an act of surrender. This is what makes us open to him. When we surrender, we begin to develop a history of oneness with the Father. One of the things that I want to model for my daughters is oneness with the Father. Gaining and developing a history of being a woman who knew God and knew how to rest and stop and be still in his presence. And this is really what Christianity and our faith is all about. It's about surrendering to God and developing a, one with, a oneness with him that is inseparable. It is to walk with God and to know God. Let me, let me put it like this. I, I love Jackie Hill Perry. If you've heard me preach up here, you hear me quote her pretty often. I love her. And one thing that she says that really brought a level of freedom when I heard it was, you cannot strategize yourself into peace. You must submit. You cannot strategize yourself into peace. You must submit. All of my life, I have been able to achieve the things that I want through hard work and through strategy. However, this thing called rest comes with neither of them. I'm the type of person that says, if I feel like things are out of order, I need to wake up earlier, I need to work out more, I need to get more devotional time in, I need to eat breakfast in the morning, I need to you know, get my full focus planner out, and I need to strategize. But here God is saying, there, there is no strategy. It means just, just come to me. That is the strategy. I am the strategy. Just come to me. And although I enjoy all of these things, if I'm not inviting Jesus into it, it's not providing me rest. It's just more activity. So lying down in green pastures, it is an act of submission. To lie down means to rest in God's presence because we know that he is Lord. We lie down because we know who is in control. Sheep only lie down when they feel safe. And God wants us to live a life knowing that we are safe with him. Then after he leads us beside still waters, he leads us beside still waters. During the pandemic, my family and I, we started hiking a lot. We just had to get out, right? So we just started exploring and hiking a whole lot. And we would always try to find trails that would allow Harper to find some water. And so it was me and my husband's responsibility to lead her into water that was safe enough for her. We never led her into waters that were rapidly flowing because we knew that that would be irresponsible of us as her leaders. We always looked for still waters because we knew that we could see the bottom and we would know how to properly lead her on a path of safety. And this is how God is with us. This is how God is with us. He knows that his sheep, we are afraid of rapidly flowing waters. None of us see chaos and danger and decide to run towards it. None of us. 
If anything, we try within our own strength to avoid pain. And God knows this about us, so he never leads us into harmful places. Now, this does not mean that we will not encounter chaos, hardship, loss, or even dangerous situations. But what this text is telling us is that following God's leadership will always lead us in a place of stillness and peace. God's leadership always leads us into a place of peace. If Jesus is really leading our lives, we're going to learn to rest. We have to learn how to rest. I had somebody tell me recently, actually, I think that you're uncomfortable in this situation that you're in because it makes you feel human. And you think you're superhuman. And that's how it is with rest. Rest feels uncomfortable to many of us because it's a very human experience. And many of us feel like we're superhuman. Like we don't need to rest. Like the world and our family and our friends and our jobs, they need us so much that we cannot afford to rest. I feel so much peace and comfort when I know and when I anchor myself on the fact that I know that God is leading my life. And this is where I say to myself, I don't need to know where I am going. All I need to know is how to locate God. Isn't that powerful? I can find so much freedom knowing that I don't have to know every step of the way. I don't have to know where he is leading me. I don't have to know where I'm going. The only thing that I have to know is how to locate God. When we're leading our families, when we're leading in our jobs, when we are raising children, when we are discipling others, it's not important to teach them how to identify the path. It's important to teach them how to locate the presence and the knowledge and the wisdom of our Savior. That's all that matters. If I can fix my eyes on Jesus and not lose sight of who he is and where he is taking me, then it doesn't matter where I'm going, because I will always find myself in a place of safety. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Restores my soul. Restore my soul is Hebrew for causes me to repent. Repentance actually brings rest. Every single time I repent, I realign myself with God's perfect will for my life, which brings refreshment and it brings replenishment. So it is in the green pastures and beside the still waters that my, sto- that my, my soul then becomes restored. But rest prevents us, it prevents us from falling. I'm going to say that again, rest prevents us from falling. This is why scripture tells us not to grow weary in our well-doing. If you're anything like me, I can, I can pinpoint the times that I have made decisions that I knew did not glorify God. And those, those decisions usually came out of the fact that I was depleted. I was tired. 
I'm tired of repeating myself. I'm tired of extending grace to people who I feel like are misusing me. I am tired of walking this lonely road by myself. I am It usually comes from a point of me starting the sentence by saying, I'm tired of. And because I'm tired of, then it leads me into falling. This is why, again, he tells us, do not grow weary in well-doing. Many of us fall prey to the, what's called the sin of presumption. This is the failure to observe the limits of what is permitted and what is appropriate. And this is what restlessness causes, the sin of presumption. We see this with the children of Israel. They consistently miss the mark because they refuse to enter into his rest. Next, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Not for my name's sake, not for your credibility, not for your recognition. He leads me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And rest is the path of righteousness. And God does not take us on this journey of lying in green pastures and walking along the waters for us. He does it for his glory. When we live in God's rest, we show the rest of the world who is really in control and where we put our, where we place our trust. When the rest of the world is worried about what's going to happen, when the rest of the world is freaking out about things that none of us are going to be able to control in the first place, it should be believers who are walking the road of righteousness because we're living from a place of rest. We can hear our coworkers living anxious lives and complaining about where they think the future is going, and we should be able to look at them and say, yeah, we might see some really tough times here in the days to come, but I trust God. That is what rest looks like. That is the fruit of rest. It is trusting God. And the Lord cannot restore your soul, though, if you choose to be self-led. If you choose to be self-led, God cannot restore your soul. I used to look at my life and think that God was calling me to do some of the most difficult and task taxing things. One time I remember asking God, like, what are you trying to do? Are you, are you trying to kill me? Like, what is this that you're requiring of me and why are you requiring it of me? This is too much. Then I realized that the real struggle is not the assignment. The real struggle is it's not the, the people that I have to deal with. It's, it's not even the hard work or the burden of what I see every day. The real struggle is letting my, feet, my faith lead me into God's rest day by day. That is the struggle. Letting God's faith, my faith in God, lead me to a place of rest. This is the only place that we should be striving for, is to enter into God's rest. We must cease striving and know that he is God. So today there are many of us, including myself, who we really need to submit to God. We need to decide that rest is going to be the place that I am going to make sure that my soul experiences day by day. 
And I found these four reasons that, that sheep struggle to rest that I thought were really interesting because it's going to speak to us and it's going to tell us what we have to tackle and what we have to overcome to enter into the place of rest. The first is that sheep do not rest if they feel anxious. I just told my husband the other day, I don't know that I'm as ambitious as I think I am. I think I'm anxious. People look at it as Ashley is very ambitious and hardworking, and I'm looking at it like, no, I, I think I'm anxious. We have to deal with our anxieties. The second is that they do not rest properly if there is friction with other sheep. How many of you can go to bed at night knowing that you've offended a brother? Or feeling as if a brother has offended you? Discord in the body of Christ will prevent sheep from resting. Sheep cannot properly rest if they are bothered by pests. I'm not talking about your children and I'm not talking about your spouse. <laughs> if you've ever seen the picture of a shepherd pouring oil on the sheep, it's actually oil prevents flies from biting and pestering them. And that's a whole different sermon on the anointing of God. But God doesn't want us living a life where we are reacting to the things that are, are just really pest. And the last thing is that sheep cannot rest if they're hungry. Many of us are experiencing restlessness because we're really just hungry for God's word. I find... Anytime I find myself feeling very restless, one of the things that I practice doing is reading and praying through Psalm 119. And you could choose any of your favorite psalm. And I just, I just open my Bible and I just start reading verse by verse and then I will pause and then just pray into that psalm. It brings rest for my soul because I know that if I'm feeling restless, it's probably because I'm, I'm, I miss my father. Rest comes when the shepherd can deal with our fears, our friction, our flies, and our famine. Anxiety, conflict with others, the cares of life, and lack have robbed many of us from entering into God's rest and from staying there. Not just entering God's rest, but entering his rest and staying there. So I want to close with the passage from Hebrew chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. I know many of us are here today and we're weary but we serve a God who is constantly calling us back to himself to restore us, to comfort us, and to lead us. Many of us right now are struggling to understand how we can ever rest because life is so busy. And to be honest, you may be busy for a very long time. If you're like me, you might be sleepy for a very long time. But I have learned to stop saying when life slows down. I used to always say, when life slows down, I will then do. I don't say it anymore because honestly, life might not slow down. 
But you know what I can do? I can learn to rest. I can learn to slow down my soul. Maybe I can't slow down my life, but I can slow down my soul. That is true rest. It's being devoted to Christ enough to choose prayer, to choose solitude, to choose worship, to choose communion, and to choose him. Even in the busyness and the chaos of life. I'm not telling you today to start taking naps every day. I'm saying start talking to God every day. To slow down your soul and take it back to God every single day. That is the striving that he wants. That's the only striving that he wants. is for us to strive to enter into a place of rest with him. So that's all he's really asking us today. He's saying, can you lay down all of your idols and just rest in me? Many of us don't realize how we've built idols. Our families, our spouses, our children, our jobs, they're all good things, they're all beautiful things, but they can quickly become idols if we don't learn to stop, to slow down, to get away. Jesus, we see him do it over and over in scripture. He gets away from even sometimes what we would consider the most important work. That's the work of ministry. Jesus, why are you getting away from the work of ministry to go and rest? What could be more important than leading souls to Christ? Keeping your soul anchored in Christ is the most important work. So if you're like me today and you just want to lead your soul back into a place of rest, just want to take a moment and, and just pray. Let's just do that right now. Let's, let's not wait until we go home to say, God, you can have my heart back, Lord, I, I, I trust you. Let's just do that now. Let's just spend a moment in, in silence Father, God, we know that you are a good shepherd. You're a shepherd who knows exactly what your people need. So, Father, in this moment, first we just repent because we know that you'll restore our soul if we can just repent. We repent of our pride that makes us believe that we can do anything outside of you our pride that causes us to take on more than what we can manage, our, our pride that doesn't allow us to say no to people when we know that you've asked us to, our, our pride that makes us believe that, that work will not get done if, if we don't do it. We, we acknowledge that the work of the enemy is to keep us and to make us weary. So Father, today we ask that you restore us. We ask, Father, that you don't allow us to walk blindly, but that you begin to 
Highlight the idols in our hearts that have made it hard for us to rest in you, God. We don't want to be known as just productive people. We want to be known as people who have a history of oneness with the Father. Because we chose to to lay down everything else, Father, just to be with you. We love you, Jesus. And we say, Father, that there's nothing in this world more important than you, Jesus. So we love you, Father, and we thank you. We thank you, God, that you strengthen us. You strengthen our hands. You strengthen our hearts. You strengthen our minds, Father. And let every parent in here, Father, just begin to to feel the burden, Father, to, to demonstrate what this looks like for our children. That we're not raising children who are striving for anything but Jesus. It's the only thing worth striving for. So we love you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a great and restful week in Jesus. Amen.